Hello and welcome to Nerd Nebula, episode 6. And we're in 2019, Jacob! We're back after a, a little bit of a break over the over the holidays. We took some um, paid leave from the <laughs> podcast. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But we are back in full force. Honestly, I am having a lot of fun doing this thing, Jacob. I'm having a lot of fun as well, and I'm very excited to try and put some of these plans we have for the next year into motion and see where see where we can go with this. Hopefully expand our um, listener base and just... like. Uh, it may be not possible right now, but I would like to put a video version up at some point, like see if that works, but that's in the future. Yeah, that's something we can look at down the line. We have a few things to talk about, and those things are comic book related. It's going to be a very comic book related um, yeah. episode. Yeah. I gotta say, I have never been more wrong about a TV show than I was with Titans. Like, yeah. holy shit. Yeah, holy shit. To be fair, though, that trailer was fucking awful. It that, was. That like, was not good. It was. It, it gave away, a, like, not that much about the about a series, which I do like. I don't like uh, trailers that show off all the plot points of the entire series or movie. But that was just ridiculous. Like, it didn't show any of the actual characters, really. Like, it just showed a bunch of shitty scenes. Yeah. And then the series was just amazing. It was really, really good and really, really fun. Honestly, I fucking binged it all. Like, I didn't know how to feel after episode one because it was, it was all right, you know? But after yep. episode two and three, I was just hooked. Yeah. And I fully think the person who made that trailer should be fucking fired. Absolutely. That was not great. <laughs> it painted the show as this wannabe edgy teen drama when the actual show is really not that at all like it deals with some really dark things yeah no it's it's a very uh like it's taken inspiration from some of the characters and stuff but it is very very adult and how it handles everything and how it presents a lot of the issues that it, it tackles and it's and i mean it's gory as hell there's I mean, there's not, like, full frontal nudity, but there's more than you would see on a normal kid's show. Yeah. One of the main problems I had from the trailer was Dick Grayson. I thought, just yeah. from seeing that one trailer, I thought he was going to be the edgy emo kid, especially with the whole, fuck Batman. Like, the way the trailer framed that whole quote and everything yeah. was nothing like how the actual show handled it. In the context of the scene, it makes sense. Yeah. And Dick Grayson, as a character in the show, he's funny, he's charismatic, you really care about the guy. Yeah. Complete 180 from how he was shown in that goddamn trailer. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Although, I gotta say, one thing did come true from that trailer, and it's Raven. She is just a bit cringy. Yeah. They tried to make her more dark and brooding than she than the actress could pull off. Yeah. She's um, not terrible through the whole thing, but then there's certain scenes where she just... She's not as good an actor as everyone else in the cast. Yeah. And it made it painfully obvious when she was on screen and trying to do 
anything super emotional. I feel like she didn't bring enough of the emotional gravitas to some of the scenes as some of the other actors. Yeah. Don't get me wrong, I think she is adequate in the uh, role, and in some scenes you can see that she was really trying. Yeah. But I feel like she's not at the level of Robin or um, Starfire. Yeah. I found Starfire's actor to be kind of actress. To be, like, in certain scenes, she was a little bit lacking in emotion, but overall, really, really good. And I, I liked the adult take on Starfire. That was yeah. that was quite cool. I mean... Like, she's not just the, the ditzy damsel in distress that isn't always in distress because she's got superpowers kind of trope, yeah. which gets overdone in a lot of superhero shows yeah. and movies. The thing with a Starfire in this one is that the character is based on the version of a Starfire from the 80s. Yeah, yeah. Because a lot of people were having an issue with how she looked like being uh, overly sexualized and stuff like that. But if you look at the character in the 80s, her costume was basically a thong and a bra. Yeah, so were all female uh, armor costumes back though, then, though, yeah. so... The actress in Titans brings out this fierce warrior, but also very um, gentle in some areas. Yeah, yeah. She has a a roughness and a ruggedness to her character, but then there's also the, the, the kindness and the gentleness that you can exhibit in a lot of her scenes with Raven. That's one of the parts that I've enjoyed the most, the interaction between... Her and uh, Raven. Yeah. You could tell there was like this little big sister dynamic going on with Robin being like the um, big brother to everything that's going on kind of vibe. Yeah. Which, I mean, in all representations of either Young Justice or Teen Titans, he's always sort of that, not always a leader, but he's always the bigger brother. He's always played yeah. f- like fitting into that stereotype. And I think that they managed to play on that quite well without making it super obvious and without making it like, ah, he's a, he's the leader. For the most part, I feel like Starfire was in charge of like pretty much everything. And that's how the team functions in the comics as of late. Starfire being the one in charge and Dick Grayson is the one who comes in from time to time. He is a member of the Titans, but he mostly works uh, alone. Yeah, I mean, he does that in a lot of the sort of um, renditions of his character, I guess. Yeah. One of the things that I felt was lacking in the show, though, was um, Beast Boy. He, yeah. Apart from being there because he's one... He is a very popular character and one of the original members of the Teen Titans. He didn't really have that much to do. I kind of feel like he was there for a little bit of story and then they want to bring him in more later. He helped carry the story in certain parts, but he didn't have much to do, if that makes any sense. By this point, people are aware that the uh, Doom Patrol is mm-hmm. in Titans and they're getting their own spin-off series. I feel like one of the main reasons why he is in the first season of Titans is to introduce Doom Patrol. And I feel like that's kind of cheap. Yeah, I, I, I don't know if I agree with that. Like, he, he did... He helped with a lot of character development for a couple of characters. 
I'm trying. I'm trying to like word this all so it's not too spoilery. For people who are aware of the Teen Titans comics and the interaction between the different characters, they can probably know what we're trying to like hint at. But I can see your point. How Beast Boy is there to help more the plot along and build more relationships with the other characters, but I still feel that he was just incredibly underutilized. Uh, yeah. I did like all of the nods to the extended uh, DC universe, though. Like, I fully thought yeah. that they were going to stick to just these few characters and not mention, you know, the broader universe. But no, like, they name-dropped pretty much everyone. Yeah. As soon as they started introducing some of the characters that you see in probably, like, mid to second half of titans i was fully on board and i am very very excited about what the this new dc universe is gonna have to hold i found it it ended in a very odd way not odd as in bad but odd as in is like you're really gonna end it on this kind of cliffhanger but what i did like was the scene right after the last episode like that just made my fucking day very interested to see what's going to happen there. I was actually watching it and I was talking to you at some points as I was watching the a show and I actually yep. said I would like to see more of these characters being introduced and right at the end they did something I was like what? And I'm yep. so excited. But cringy moments and all the awesome action scenes and the character name drops and the actual details to the lore of this team and these characters included into this one season so far what would you give it what would i rate it out of out of 10 yeah i would go and say this is an 8.5 for me at least as high as the first two seasons of young justice i actually was gonna say an 8.5 as well (laughs) There's a couple of bits that, like, missed its mark for me, at least. I'm not saying they were bad or there was, you know, massive flaws or anything, but I really, really enjoyed it. I went in expecting to hate it and just complain about it after I've seen it, but it just was a complete surprise, and I am so happy it turned out so well. As far as, like, if you can binge it, I would say you can fully binge it in, like, maybe two or three days, depending on your how much free time you have. Uh, each episode is about four to 50 minutes long, and there's, like, yeah. 11 episodes. I did it all in two days. I did it in, I think, yeah, I think, like, two days as well, yeah. A great show to just binge out, yeah. especially if you're a comics fan, a DC comics fan, and you like these um, these characters. It's honestly a great watch. I, I I sort of feel like even even new fans coming to this universe, they're gonna, you know, with all the attention that Wonder Woman and Aquaman and all these movies lately have bought. I think the new fans that aren't even like aren't up to date with all the comics or anything, you're still going to be able to find stuff that you enjoy about the show. It's not just for the people that know the yeah. characters or anything, which which I, I like. It's very welcoming to new fans. Yeah, yeah, absolutely, absolutely. And speaking of DC, Aquaman just hit a billion dollars at the international box office. Yeah, it's doing insanely well. Uh- the highest selling DC movie so far. Yep. And with the character no one had faith in. Yeah. 
I'm not sure about you, Jacob, but I, for one, thought this was a good movie. It wasn't great, but I thought it was good. Yeah, it was definitely good. It was definitely watchable. Like, there was some parts that I lost interest or lost immersion, but 99% of the time I was enjoying myself. As I was watching it, I could see the flaws permeating from the movies and i could see that the the script just wasn't that strong but jason momoa really sold aquaman and it honestly felt like a saturday morning cartoon yeah like the kind that i used to watch as a kid that really endeared itself to me i like that it sort of it had a lot of the lowbrow quips that you expect from the DC universe, but not so many that it felt like a fucking Marvel movie. I like that they're finally embracing a bit of like humor and uh, color into the DC movies nowadays. We're no longer in the uh, Zack Snyder era of DC movies where everything was just like... Oh. Dark and brooding, yeah. Uh, we actually have humor, we have bright popping colors, and uh, generally fun to watch characters. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. What did you think of the villain? I don't know. I really wanted to enjoy the character, but I didn't believe it half the time. It felt like he was just sort of phoning in the... uh... Performance? Yeah, yeah, thank you. Um, He was sort of phoning in a lot of the performance, and it sort of made it hard to get immersed. The guy playing... Shit, I've forgotten his name. Black Manta? Yeah. The guy playing Black Manta, he was really, really good. I really enjoyed that character. He did really, really well, even though it kind of just felt like he was trying to be Michael B. Jordan. I'll say it. But overall, he made a great Black Manta. The um, main villain, if you can excuse the pun, felt like a fish out of water. (laughs) (laughs) Had to go there. I had to, Jacob. (laughs) I just had to. There was just something about his performance where everyone else was kind of like jokey and not taking it like fully uh, seriously but he was acting like it was a fucking drama yeah and that in contrast to jason momoa's really jokey take on aquaman it just felt a bit jarring i get it he's supposed to be this you know imposing political figure but just the difference in tones didn't match yeah yeah especially when he goes call me Ocean Master. I'm like, that doesn't make sense coming out of his mouth, especially with how he was acting before. Yeah, yeah. Like, there was... It was just the way that it was edited down, I guess, for for that especially. There was no bridge. You didn't see him start to try and take that mantle of Ocean Master. He just sort of like, ah, fuck it, I'll be Ocean Master then, and just killed the dude, and there he is. And that kind of shifting in tone happens a lot throughout the movie. It starts off really serious, and then it becomes jokey, then it's really serious again, then it's jokey. And this backwards and forth, I can understand if there's like a nuance of, what you call it, jokes, like a nuance of jokes throughout the entire flow of the uh, film. But it honestly switched from tone to tone every 20 minutes or so. Yeah, yeah. And that just doesn't flow well. <laughs> flow like yeah, the ocean. Yeah, the ocean. Yeah, I, I got it. <laughs> I didn't laugh for a reason. I thought it was funny. But anyway, <laughs> um, 
What I really um, did like uh, was the actual quest. It did feel very fun and rewarding to see Aquaman embark on this, you know, giant search for uh, the MacGuffin. Yeah. Because there's always a powerful MacGuffin that will bring peace and the main character has to go and search for it because it's fun to watch them do that. Yeah. But I think that was done quite well. No, it was it was really well done. It was nicely balanced. And 90% of the, the scenes to do with that were really, really good. And it's the first time in this um, DC movie universe where I think the order in, in which they started to make the movies worked to their benefit. I'm so glad this wasn't another fucking origin story. And we already yeah. knew who Aquaman was. We knew what his powers were. There was a bit of like building up the uh, start of the film, but that was literally about five minutes. And then it goes straight into him being the guy you saw in like Justice League. Like it was a little bit of an origin story. Like it's the story of how he really got the mantle Aquaman, but he sort of already had the mantle Aquaman. But now this is how he became the king. And they made it not just feel like another fucking origin story. And I like that it leaves it open for for more stuff down the line. After seeing this movie, I'm looking forward a lot more to um, Shazam. Oh, I am very interested in Shazam after seeing some more trailers and stuff for that. It's like I was very hesitant at first, especially putting I can't even remember his name now. The guy from Chuck. Oh, yeah, yeah. Especially yeah, putting I, him in Shazam, and then after sort of seeing more and more about it, he's actually quite a good fit, and I think he will do quite well. So I'm I'm quite interested to see how that movie comes out. Because that movie is definitely going to be more of a comedy. Than... Oh, that's definitely going to be more of the lighthearted fun. What would you rate Aquaman? Oh, what would I you would give it? Seven. Seven. Seven out of ten, I'd say, for me. Actually, that's what I would say Say too. A solid seven. Thoroughly enjoyable. It's really, really fun, but yeah. Yeah. It's I not a movie I would rush out to see again, but if it came on like TV while I was just browsing through the uh, channels, I would yeah. definitely sit down and like watch it again. Yeah, yeah. DC is definitely shaping things up now because I've always been more of a dc guy more than a marvel guy not to say that i don't like marvel some of my favorite superheroes are from marvel but it's just something about the dc universe that i found a lot more interesting so it's good to see that they're finally maybe not hitting their stride but going in the right direction yeah yeah definitely i mean i'm interested to see what other movies come out after after shazam and stuff there's obviously gonna be a justice league 2 and then there's gonna be batman and oddly enough talks of a supergirl movie yeah yeah i wonder how i wonder i wonder what that'll be like in terms of supergirl that can either be really good or really bad yeah And I'm hoping it's not really bad because I don't want to see these movies fail. I really don't. Like, I want a good movie regardless if it's DC or a Marvel. Yeah. Because if it's a good movie, then we all win. And, you know, everyone everyone can enjoy a good fucking movie and everyone can geek the fuck out. 
Speaking mm. of geeking the fuck out. <laughs> I geeked the fuck out over Spider-Man oh, yeah. into the Spider-Verse. I have seen this, but you haven't. Yeah, I'm going to go and see it this week at some point. I gotta tell you, Jacob, you're gonna have one hell of a fucking good time. Yeah, I'm very much looking forward to it. I have heard nothing but good things about it. I don't want to oversell it to you, but at least in my opinion, it's probably one of the best superhero and animated movies ever made. That's a bold call. The script, the pacing, the way the characters interact with each other, the fucking animation. I know films are a work of art, but this is one of those few films where I saw it and in the back of my head while watching it, I I was thinking this is a piece of fucking art. Because it's a different type of animation than, say, like The Incredibles. And I'm talking to like a technical level. The uh, frame rate is lower and it feels more like an actual comic book. The way the characters move and the way things are shot, it feels more like a comic book animated movie rather than an animated movie about superheroes and comic books. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I understand what you mean. It's honestly probably the first film I've ever seen that actually captures the comic book feel to an insane degree. And coming from Sony Pictures, which have had a history of fucking over Spider-Man, and then they come out with this, and you're you're like, why couldn't you have done this from the fucking beginning? But I guess they had to, like, fuck it up two or three times before they finally got it right. It's like that relationship that you have with that girl that you met in high school, and, you know, you guys break up three or four times, and you get back together, because you really just... You want to make it work. And then somehow, one time, it actually fucking works. That, that, yeah. that, that's what I am likening this to, I think. There wasn't a single character that I didn't like. Heroes and villains, they all were incredibly well done, incredibly charismatic. You actually cared about all the different versions of Spider-Man that yeah. came in this uh, universe. And even the ones that weren't that relevant to the plot and more because they were there, like Spider-Man Noir, and for side characters to like make you care about them and like them as much as I did, that's not an easy thing to do. Yeah. I'm not going to lie, the movie isn't perfect because no movie ever is. There were a few times where I felt that the pacing was just a tiny bit off, like some things could have been resolved a tiny bit faster. But for the most part, the script is excellent, the voice acting is amazing, and Miles actually feels and talks like a teen. Yeah. In the first two minutes, you will instantly identify with him and be like, I just like this guy. From there, it's just one roller coaster of just awesomeness i definitely need to say this this week fully recommend for me this is a 9.5 oh that's a bold call so i'm even more excited now fully recommend this i know it's early days of 2019 but i can already see this being in my top five films of this year interesting interesting i've got one that i'm keeping my eye on for later this year velvet buzzsaw have you seen the trailer for that no it's the new jake gyllenhaal movie about 
art that comes alive and tears people to pieces pretty much it looks incredible there's a lot of social commentary in it there's a lot of how do we know what's art and what is an art and a bit of that sort of stuff, which I, I always like seeing. It's, I always I love a good tongue-in-cheek reference, sort of that sort of stuff. And Jake Gyllenhaal is just, he plays the unhinged psycho dude really, really well. So I'm, I'm very much looking forward to what that has to offer. So I'm assuming it's more of a horror movie. Yeah, horror thriller. Horror thriller. All right. Um, and it's made by the same guy that directed Nightcrawler, which was Jake Gyllenhaal. Oh, shit. And it's made, it's like the same team doing this movie. So I have high, high oh, hopes for that. I fucking loved that movie when it came out. Yeah, that was terrifying, that movie. After we finish recording, I'm definitely going to have to go and watch that trailer now. Absolutely. And speaking of trailers, I want to yeah. talk about a few of them. For some upcoming movies this year, I'm assuming you've seen the trailer for Men in Black International. Unfortunately, yes. Unfortunately for me too. I think it looks like absolute fucking shit. I I can understand why they want to reboot it. It's a big franchise. It did really, really well in the 90s and early 2000s. I just don't think it needs it. It definitely doesn't need it. Look, Chris Hemsworth is attached to this and he only does movies that he for the most part only does films that he's passionate about so this definitely must be close to his heart i can't remember the chick's name she was with him in a thor ragnarok Ragnarok, yeah obviously they have good chemistry and work well as a team but i just don't see just that carrying this movie because this seems like just the same old shit yeah. That we've seen in Men in Black 1, 2, and unfortunately 3. Tessa Thompson, that's her name. That's the one. Wow, she has like a fucking comic book name too. Yeah. <laughs> it looks like the same shit. And honestly, I watched the trailer about two or three times and throughout the day, just so I don't watch it back to back and think this is just crap because I've watched it like, you know, one, two or three times back to back. And every time I've seen it, my feelings just didn't change on it. I think this looks shitty. Yeah, it just doesn't look entertaining at all i know this is early days and only one trailer is out and the first trailer sometimes we've seen it firsthand with the trailer for titans how the final product can be totally different yeah you know from the trailer i'm basing this just on this first trailer and i think it looks like shit yeah 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 definitely and uh, the uh, disappointment train, at least for me, continues with this next trailer. If you'd like to introduce it, Jacob. Hellboy. Uh, I enjoy the trailer. I really enjoy Hellboy. I've always enjoyed the comics and stuff. I think it could be quite good. I don't know how I feel about David Harbour being the new guy but i definitely think they needed they needed to replace ron perlman because he was he's getting a bit old to be doing it big budget action movies like this yeah yeah and i I think he looks wise especially he he fits quite well into it i just don't know how he's gonna do with the what you call it like the the smart ass quips and the the yeah short temper and everything but (sighs) he's got he's got a good he's got a good acting range so it, Mm. it could be very, very cool. And I like that it's going to be an R-rated reboot. I like that it's going to be a bit more adult. 
to me, after I've seen the uh, trailer, my first thought, when is this coming to Netflix? Uh, it honestly looked a bit cheap. For a property like Hellboy, after you watch a trailer, I would think that you'd want to be like, oh, this is going to be epic, or I can't fucking wait to like, see that. But for me, it was more of a meh? I would definitely want to go and see it, but it did not excite me in the slightest. I, I thought it was a mediocre attempt at trying to bring Hellboy back. But again, I could be completely wrong. And I'm sure everyone who likes Hellboy now fucking hates me. I, I really hope you are wrong with that. I, I really, really hope you are. Again, you can't judge the final product by just a trailer. But just for yeah. me personally, this didn't excite me. And I think one of the reasons is because Ron Perlman isn't attached to this. Because I loved the first Hellboy and the not-so-great Golden Army. Is that is that what the second movie is called? The Golden Army? Yes. Yes. I didn't enjoy the Golden Army. I wanted to because I enjoyed the first movie. It wasn't as great as the first movie, but I definitely enjoyed it. And one of the reasons was the charisma of Ron Perlman. I was watching this and it just, you know, the same spark just wasn't there. Again, hopefully I'm wrong. Turns out to be a great Hellboy movie. I really hope that this movie does well and comes out okay. Because it has the possibility to be really, really good. What, another movie that I'm looking forward to a lot that I know you, from memory, you said you weren't exactly overly thrilled on it, was Dark Phoenix. Yes. The new X-Men movie. I I really like the story of Dark Phoenix. I was a big X-Men fan when I was a kid. I thoroughly enjoy it. So I'm very hopeful that this will bring back a few of the people that it lost with like X-Men Apocalypse and stuff. I don't know what to think of Dark Phoenix because obviously before Disney acquired the 20th Century Fox, 20th Century Fox was set to produce and release X-Men Dark Phoenix, right? Yeah. But the movie was made and then it got shelved because there were like rumors that it was it was really bad and that they would rather not take a uh, risk on it. Which was fair enough. But then Disney bought 20th Century Fox and they said, we're going to release everything that you guys had on shelf because we we want to air out everything else and we're going to start uh, our own brand of X-Men from here on out. And we don't want any of the old stuff to get in the way of the uh, new stuff. So now they're releasing X-Men Dark Phoenix and I'm not sure what to think because of all the, um, you know, fucking rumors and the movie being shelved. So I'm not looking forward to it just because I'm more confused than anything else. Okay, okay. So you're a bit more hesitant about it. Yeah, like, uh, I'm going to go see it more out of curiosity than because I like x-men and i like i like x-men a lot but this is just more of a um curiosity for me yeah are there any other trailers that we left out that we want to talk about because i think that's it i i mean there's these the obvious other ones like uh, captain marvel and shazam and stuff i feel like we can leave captain marvel for a later date closer to um yeah yeah I, uh, I I definitely want to see more about it before I form a judgment because I'm I'm optimistic about it, 
But I'm still hesitant because I don't know why. And uh, to top off episode six, Jacob, I want to talk about our. Oh yeah. Our <laughs> I want to talk about our good friend Soldier Boy. Oh, he's I like back, that you Jacob. couldn't even say good friend without chuckling and laughing a little bit. I mean, at this point, all you can do is laugh because the man is a joke. Yeah. Last time we saw Soldier Boy, he was trying to sell his quote-unquote own video game consoles packed to the brim with illegal ROMs. And he went to, like, social media and said, Nintendo ain't gonna do shit. And y'all are just tripping. About a week later... He took down both his handheld and his home console and put out a tweet saying, I had to uh, boss up, I didn't have a choice. Which, to me, sounds like Nintendo got in contact with him and... Uh, but they sent him a cease and desist. Like, yeah. you know they sent him a cease and desist. They, they yeah. love doing it. They're, they're... And he probably had to pay a hefty fine too. And that was all handled by lawyers and, you know, was behind the scenes. And But I'm pretty sure he had to pay quite a bit of money. But did that stop him? Oh, no. God He's no. back. <laughs> He's back with another shitty knockoff. I don't know. Uh, I just don't understand. To his credit, it seems like this one doesn't have illegal ROMs on it. What it is, it's basically a ripoff of the PS Vita. It looks like a PS Vita, but it's clearly a Chinese knockoff. Yeah, it, it doesn't look good. <laughs> Technically, he's not doing anything illegal this time. He's obviously buying these knockoff consoles of sites like um, AliExpress and all that, and then selling them at a much higher price. Yeah. Yeah, but as far as it being illegal, it's very—it doesn't seem like it is. Yeah, I don't know what to make of it really. Like, I don't know how much of it infringes on any copyrights or anything, and how much of it is fine. The only people who would actually buy this is like YouTubers who want to make a video showcasing, you know, his his uh, consoles and like ripping into him or people who are just that blinded by you know his clout and whatnot that they just want to have everything he puts out which i am seriously surprised there are still people who think soldier boy is fucking relevant yeah no he he hasn't been since about 30 after fucking whatever that one song that he did came crank out. that yeah that's the one like I said, to his credit, he's not doing anything observably illegal, so it's just a knockoff console that I guess you can, like, buy games for. On that front, sure, if if you want to waste your money on the Soldier handheld version 2.0, then be my guest. Yeah, I, I don't know. I'm, I'm going to give it a miss. <laughs> Oh, no, I thought that you were going to go and grab one right now, Jacob. Uh, I can't even joke about that. Like, I'm... No. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, we'll see if he puts out another thing and that will lead to him getting in hot water again. But uh, I fully... I would hope that he learned his uh, lesson and this is just him trying to save some face. 
Yeah, here's hoping. Here's hoping. It was funny to start with, but then he started uh, calling people homophobic slurs over Twitter and it just turned into a mess. Yeah, nah, no time for that shit. Hopefully this will end his video game industry ambition, if you can even call it ambition. <laughs> uh, I fully think this was just like a way to make quick buck, but you know, that's just me. Yeah. And um, we've reached the end of another episode, Jacob. I, I think we have. This is this has come to a nice, nice tidy week conclusion. Yeah. The end of the first episode of 2019. Yeah. And hopefully a lot more to come. Absolutely. Absolutely. Looking forward to do more work with you, Jacob, and let's take 2019 by the horns. Yeah, let's grab it by the horns and the balls and throw it against the, I don't know, wall. It started nice, but then it just kind of yeah, I I I, I lost halfway it halfway through. Yeah, no, that was that was not a good read. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> <laughs> anyway, listeners, until next time. If you we'll if you see you anything that you want to hear us talk about or you want to talk to us about, message the page. We're more than happy to flick you guys a message and talk about it. And who knows if we if we have some good opinions on it, we'll talk about it on the next podcast. We're always happy to incorporate other people's suggestions into the show. Yeah. So yeah. Until next time, I will say goodbye. And I'll say, Hail Satan. Very good. <laughs>